Welcome to Biohacking Her Way, where each week we'll dive deep into the world of biohacking, exploring cutting-edge strategies, expert insights, and practical tips to help you optimize your health, balance your hormones, and unleash your true potential. My name is Abby, and I am your host, so let's dive in. Before we dive into today's episode, I have some absolutely incredible news that I am literally jumping out of my seat. I'm so excited to share with you. And the doors to my brand new course, Hormonal Harmony, are officially opened. And Hormonal Harmony is unlike anything you've encountered before. This isn't just another program or a quick fix. This is the holistic approach to hormonal health that is designed to address the root causes of your struggles and provide you with sustainable, life-changing results. And I'm giving you all the secret sauce of what I did to overcome my hormonal imbalance. So if you're ready to balance your hormones, get rid of that hormonal acne, shed your your stubborn weight, bid farewell to your PMS symptoms, conquer burnout, and finally unleash the vibrant, confident woman within you. Well, this course is that exact roadmap in order to do so. And once you're ready to enroll, check out that link that I have in the show notes for you because it's time to take charge of your hormonal health and transform your life. All right, now let's jump into this week's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Biohacking Her Way. We have another special guest on that I'm super, super excited to have on here. We're going to be talking about some really amazing things that are going to help you with your stressful life and sleep and everything else. And I know how stressful life can be. I mean, the world is so go, go, go. We've talked so much about it already on this podcast. So super excited to have Shannon, our expert on with us today. Shannon Detise is a master certified health coach and the owner of E&E Health Coaching. She helps professionals with demanding careers take back their energy by improving sleep, managing stress, and losing 10 pounds or more. She has also been a school psychologist for the past 18 years. Shannon, welcome so much to Biohacking Her Way. Thank you, Abby. Thank you for having me today. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, first things first, I want to know a little bit about your story and how you even got started with this in the first place. Yeah. Well, I've always been kind of a nerd, I guess you could say when it comes to health and wellness and I perfect place, by the way, (laughs) nerd out. (laughs) Thank you. I feel, yeah, I feel a part of this. This is great. Um, so I've always had an interest in like what I'm eating and how that impacts my body and all that, all those things. And I went into education and the mental health side of things, but I never lost that interest in physical health too, and how the two blend together, mental health and physical health. And I started having some of my own health issues. And so I decided I needed to make some changes, not only in my own health, but also it was something that I just had a calling to do to make some changes career-wise in, in my life. And so I didn't even know what health coaching was a few years ago. And then I started doing some research and I'm like, huh, this sounds perfect. It blends my experience that I've had over the years from being a school psychologist. And it also combines the passion that I have moving forward with helping people. And so over the pandemic, I became certified because what else was there really to do during that time? And so I became certified and started my own business. And here I am. Beautiful. What specifically made you wanting to get into sleep and stress management? 
Well, stress management has been something that I personally have struggled with. I'm kind of like a type A personality and never really knew how to set boundaries. And Mm. so stress has been something that I've dealt with. And I think that it's led to some of the, the health challenges that I have had throughout my life. And so, and I just think that in society, I think we're getting better, but I think it's been almost like a status symbol that you work really hard and, you know, we brag by the water cooler at work of how little sleep we got the night before. And I think people feel like in order to be successful, we have to be stressed out. We have to be overworked and we have to have, um, be able to survive on just a little amount of sleep. But so I think people are starting to change that with the um, change to people seeking more of a life work balance. And I think that's helping. And I think people are starting to realize how important sleep is and that even if you're eating well and you're exercising and you're sleeping, if you're stressed out, it's still going to cause some health problems for you. And I think there's more people that are realizing that too and leaning into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm also a firm believer that you can be working out, you can be eating healthy, doing all the self-care, all these things. But if you're not also getting the proper sleep Mm -hmm. and it's not even necessarily like the amount of hours you're sleeping, it's like the quality of sleep that you're having that can really hold back your progress and basically every area. And I'm curious to hear kind of your insight on that as well and what you've noticed with your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think if you're not sleeping well, the, just the way you approach your life in general is going to be different, right? Your mindset's going to be different. You're probably going to be in a grumpy mood. You're not going to have energy to work out or to cook your meals. And so you're probably, you know, if you're tired, you're more likely to go through a fast food drive through. Um, so yeah, sleep makes a really big difference in how you feel about things, how you approach life. And it's just, it's amazing because I've seen studies where they've compared um, a lack of sleep with impaired driving, like drunk driving and how similar it actually is cognitively and physiologically. So it's just, yeah, you think about it and how dangerous it can actually be to safety wise when you're out driving and, and you're half asleep. And like, I think they, they're having a hard time actually figuring out in the United States how many accidents are actually caused by drowsy or sleepy driving because there isn't like a way, like a concrete way to measure that. Whereas you do like a blood alcohol test when you get pulled over for drunk driving, right? And that's more yeah. of a concrete to me- way to measure it. So I think they're, you know, statistics vary on how many accidents mm-hmm. are caused by that, but it's just something else that's just, you know, mind blowing to think about. Like that's wild. It impairs you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thinking about how sleep can ultimately affect your driving and can almost be having like in the same playing field as being impaired driving, drunk driving, high driving, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely know when times where I have drove when I should not have drove when I was really tired, whether it was when I was working corporate and I was waking up super early to go to the gym or after like a 14 hour day and driving home and I'm just exhausted zoning out. And there were many times where I was surprised I didn't get into an accident. So just hearing Mm -hmm. the comparison of that, Mm -hmm. it's not shocking, but at the same time it is because I don't think enough people talk about how important sleep actually is for us in regards Mm -hmm. of our daily functions. Mm -hmm. Wow. Super interesting. So in regards of like sleep, I mean, we know why we need sleep, but can you go into even further details of like why it is actually so important for us on a physiological level? Mm-hmm. 
Well, there's a lot of different theories out there. And honestly, I can't even name what they are right now off the top of my head. But scientists, you know, I don't know if they'll ever know like exactly why we sleep, but they know, you know, the outcomes if we don't sleep well. But we do know that it's important for our whole body. So not just your physical body, but your brain too. And like I said, your mental health and just your overall well-being. It's when your body regenerates um, and rejuvenates and um, it boosts your immune system. So if you don't get enough sleep, then your immune system is going to be lacking. It also, they also know that it causes cardiovascular issues if you're lacking sleep. Um, can raise your risk of being overweight and having diabetes and all those different things. So there's like a wide range of things. And those are some of like the long-term things, Mm -hmm. but short-term you just, you just don't feel well. I don't know, like, you know, how else to describe it a day after I don't sleep well, I don't feel well, I don't function well. And it just puts like a dark cloud over your day. So I can't imagine feeling like that every day, like not sleeping well, you know, I, I struggle. I hate it when it happens occasionally. So I feel sorry for people if, you know, if they have insomnia and they just regularly can't sleep, that's really tough. Yeah. I mean, I just think of times when I don't sleep the best and I'm waking up the next morning and I don't drink a lot of caffeine as it is. My rule of thumb is if I'm going to have caffeine, it's before 11 AM and then I yeah. no more after that to not disturb my sleep. But I can't imagine people who are just so reliant on caffeine throughout their day because they're so exhausted. And I'm not a fun, exhausted person. I mean, I am like a grouchy toddler. Like it's time to go to bed when I start getting a little grouchy. So the thought of going through like day-to-day life experiencing that, it's kind of like you said, that dark cloud, it kind of feels almost like you're in this cave. And yeah, I just, that does not sound enjoyable by any means in my personal Mm -hmm. opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you're talking about cutting caffeine out early and I have to do the same thing. I can't have it past noon. Otherwise I'm not going to sleep. And everyone varies with when they need to cut it off before bedtime. But I know people even like right before they go to bed, an hour before they go to bed, they're drinking coffee. How, how is that possible? They tell me, you know, they can fall asleep fine, but is that really impacting the quality of your sleep? You might be able to fall asleep, but you might, you know, not be getting into a deep level of sleep or you might be waking up and just not even realize it. So I, I can't imagine they're getting the best sleep. Like their, their body is just in this state of flight essentially. And just all the cortisol pumping through because of the Mm -hmm. caffeine and everything. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine their body is in a very relaxing state. They probably are waking up and still feel exhausted, even though they can have that caffeine ahead of time, even yeah. if they go to bed. And you mentioned insomnia. So mm-hmm. people who have insomnia, what are typically the causes of insomnia? That is something that is more of a medical diagnosis and something that I don't really, isn't really um, in my wheelhouse, but if somebody is constantly having difficulty sleeping, then that's something I would recommend that they go to a physician and, and get checked out and get diagnosis because there's sleep studies and um, all different things. I mean, I know that stress and anxiety can cause it for some people. A lot of times it can be associated with depression and anxiety. So there's a lot of intertwined medical conditions too that can um, cause it or be related to it or exacerbated or, you know, they're just so related. So I think if somebody's questioning that for that for themselves, that they should really um, go and talk to a doctor. And then, you know, there's possibly medications or other treatments and things that they can get. 
Yeah, definitely. And I'm curious with being working with so much with stress too, and the, what you've worked mm-hmm. with in your clients, have you noticed in those certain cases where stress was the cause of potentially their insomnia and they didn't need to go to the doctor? And if so, mm-hmm. what were some things that they did that helped them overcome that and also reduce their stress so they could get better sleep? Yeah. So I think sometimes when we're so caught up on how much sleep we should get, and if you start tracking it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm only getting three or four hours of sleep. It can backfire and cause you to be more anxious. And so I know some of my clients that I worked with just recognizing like, okay, I'm not going to put so much pressure on myself to get like a specific number hours of sleep per night, because otherwise you're watching the clock and you're like, okay, if I fall asleep now, I'll get six hours of sleep. Oh no, I didn't fall asleep yet. If I fall asleep now, I'll get five hours and so on and so forth. And it just makes you more stressed and it perpetuates the cycle. And so, um, just like focusing on going to bed, like when you're sleepy, I think can be really key to trying not to force it because you can't force yourself to go to sleep, right? Like you have to be in that space where you can physically fall asleep. And so focusing on, um, doing habits that can help bring you that state of sleepiness, relaxing things and making sure, you know, all those things that you hear about, like cutting off the time when you use your blue light emitting devices. So like your screens and all those things that can keep you awake and, um, that sort of thing can be really be helpful. Yeah. I can definitely relate to the fact of going to sleep and be like, Oh my God, I'm not going to get another, mm-hmm. I'm losing out another hour of sleep. Now I'm losing out another hour of street and sleep now. And I'm, my body is now in this like elevated stress state. So then I definitely can't fall asleep. Um, so I love what you said about just allowing the body to step into relaxation, to just naturally fall asleep first trying mm-hmm. to force the sleep. Mm-hmm. Because once you, like you said, it is to cause more stress. And I've heard as well, the blue light on our phones or whatever the devices someone might be using it reduces the melatonin, which is why it makes it harder to go and fall asleep. So can you explain a little bit more about that as well? Correct. So melatonin is um, a hormone that we produce and it is based on like the light in the morning. That's why it's good to get sunlight in the morning too, because when you get sunlight in the morning, it actually helps you cut off that melatonin production. So you wake up and at night you want that melatonin production to kick in. So that's why it's really helpful to have darkness. And it's not just necessarily just the blue light. I mean, the blue light is what we hear about a lot. And I think, you know, that might have the biggest impact, but just keeping your environment dark and general too. So even if it's not blue light, but you still have a bunch of lights on, that's not, not necessarily going to be beneficial for you either. Right. So, yeah. But you're right. It comes down to the melatonin production. Yeah. There is, um, cause we'll, me and my partner will lay in bed and we'll read the night before or like right before you go to bed or just kind of like talk and just chit chat. But one of the things that we don't have are lamps in our room. And I mm-hmm. purposely have never bought lamps for our bedroom because with the habit of having that artificial light from the lamp, and I know there's different light bulbs that you can get as well that will help in this case, but instead of just having the lamp and worrying about this light bulbs going out and which ones you get and which ones are good for you, which ones are bad for you, mm-hmm. we just light a candle oh, and it okay. helps helps the room get a little bit darker, but it also creates this really peaceful. So we get like the kind of like spa-like candle. So it smells yeah. really nice and calming. 
so I try to not have, it's funny because I typically won't turn on lights in my house either. I just, we have a lot of sunlight that comes in Okay. something about that artificial light. It just mm-hmm. brings so much stress inducing into my body. I don't know if it's cause I have blue eyes. And so the light eyes can definitely trigger that some more. Yeah. Um, but in regards of helping people sleep and creating a relaxing environment or relaxing steps before bedtime, what are some of those things that people could do to help them have better sleep and also step into more of a relax relaxation sleep uh, where it's relaxation mm-hmm. uh, type of vibe? <laughs> yeah. Well, it varies for everyone, right? Something that's relaxing to one person can be stressful for another one. So it's finding what works for you. But I think you're right. Um, trying to cut back on the the lights that you have. So even when you're brushing your teeth, you could have like your bathroom be more of a relaxing atmosphere where you have like a candle, like you said, or just like a nightlight where as you're doing your nightly routine, it's a little bit darker. It's a little bit more relaxing. You could have some relaxing music playing in the background, like something instrumental or, you know, whatever you find relaxing, maybe some nature sounds. That's a beautiful thing, right? We can Google relaxing nighttime music and and find all kinds of different things. So that can be really helpful. But I think it's just like, having a routine and doing it consistently because then it can signal to your body that, Hey, it's time to wind down. And it just kind of gives you, you know, as humans, we're creatures of habit and so, and routine. And so just knowing that that's coming can, can help your signal to your body that, okay, it's time to wind down. But, um, ideally an hour before that is a good time to start that winding down routine if you can, but like doing it as early as you can and experimenting with it. If you're finding like a half an hour is not long enough then trying to add on another five minutes earlier or that kind of thing. And it can be, um, doing some light stretches or, um, I really like Adrian, the yoga with Adrian. Um, yeah, yeah she's got that. some really good, bedtime yoga routines too. And the nice thing about that is you can find pretty much any length, right? You can find 10 minutes or, you know, whatever um, time frame you're looking at, but she's got some really good things. And there's some others too. There's apps that have bedtime stories, which I've never done, but. Oh, what are, I've never heard of that. Do you know the name of some of those apps? Um, one of the apps I have on my phone, I have to grab it. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I just saw on very well my, or, um, one of the, the websites, I think it was Healthline actually just recently had a list of some apps that have it. Um, that's awesome. If you just Google it, you can find it, but, um, yeah, especially for those, you know, if you grew up with like bedtime stories as a child, it's kind of has that comforting aspect to it too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's another good one. And I know some of them, they purposely within the story, they'll use different senses. So they'll have you like picture things and um, maybe incorporate, um, you know, vision and hearing and touch and all those kinds of things just to kind of like help soothe you. Yeah. Bring you back into the body. Yeah. So those are some good options. That's really cool. I have not heard about the, um, the bedtime stories apps. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you said, you probably just Google them and they'll just pop up. Yeah. Um, I have the aura ring, which okay. I love for my recovery and tracking my sleep and just mm-hmm. kind of seeing like what my body's doing and noticing like, okay, this worked really well last night. This didn't work well the night before, mm-hmm. but it also something that's really beneficial on there is that they have the different meditative states. Okay. Like, like you said, like you may pick out how long they are five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just like nice wind down one. So if I notice that my energy is still a little scattered, I'm having a little bit of a hard time relaxing and getting into the body. 
Mm-hmm. I'll just put one of those on and it is like a game changer. I'm like, oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> I've heard really good things about the aura ring and they have fitness features on there, right? Too. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. Fitness features are great on it. Um, so for anyone that is like in health and fitness, mm-hmm. definitely recommend the aura ring. I've had it for a couple of years now when it first first generation of it. Mm-hmm. And I've never had any issues with it. I can't recommend an aura ring enough. Nice. It's like the, one of my favorite hacking little tools to kind of get to know your body a little bit more. Cause I've tried like the whoop and all those other things. And I wasn't mm-hmm. really a big fan of those. Also the whoop was just kind of bulky and ugly on your wrist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like mm-hmm. the aura rings. It's got like this nice aesthetic look to it as well. It's got different colors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very good tool. Another strategy that I like is the four, seven, eight breathing. And so what that is, is a way to like calm down your breathing. Um, at night. And so you're going to breathe in for four minutes and then you hold it for seven or breathe in for, I said four minutes, four seconds. (laughs) I mean, anyone that can do four minutes, I am thoroughly impressed. And, uh, please message me on Instagram because I need to see this. (laughs) That'd be pretty impressive. And then you hold your breath for seven seconds and then you gradually exhale for eight seconds and you repeat it as much as normal. So it's just a really good way to slow your heart rate and to really focus in like, I've tried other breathing exercises and it's really hard to focus in on what I'm doing, but because you're like, you have to switch it, you know, you're focusing on the four seconds and then the seven seconds and the eight seconds, it constantly gives you something to focus on. So it's better for somebody who's easily distracted. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's what you can try. And I think during the day too, like you mentioned the fight or flight response earlier, that's one that can really help to um, lower that response and help you relax during the day as well. And it doesn't take much time. So if you're at work, you know, do the four, seven, eight breathing technique. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I typically do more of a, like a box breathing, which okay, is similar yeah. to that. It's just more of like repetitive numbers. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to try that four, seven, eight. Cause that is one of my favorite things to do. And just the middle of a day, even if I don't feel stressed out, it's just yeah. like pause and just take some breaths. I even mm-hmm. as a child, I remember I would take these big breaths and I'd like sigh out, just like just like mm-hmm. breathing. And my mom's like, What are you sighing about now? And I'm like, I'm just breathing. <laughs> and obviously, when as a child, you don't really understand what you're doing. But right. I've realized that I've, even when I was small, that has been such a relaxing thing for me to do in a time when I can feel my body in overdrive, or mm-hmm. if I'm just looking for a state of relaxation, just to reconnect to the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good strategy for sure. Yeah. And so for people who are like, I don't even know what the heck kind of sleep routine to start with. Can you give the audience an example of what maybe yours looks like? So it kind of gives them mm-hmm. some insight to like, oh, like there, here's some other things that could potentially work for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, the big thing that I have to do for me is I have to read a book before I go to bed too. So making sure I'm allowing enough time for that. So knowing when I need to go to sleep and then, you know, making sure I allow enough time to brush my teeth and wash my face and all of those things. And I try to do that in a calming environment. So again, kind of dimming the bathroom lights and, um, and even before that, like making sure that I'm not watching anything that's going to like the news or something that's really going to get my mind going or checking work emails or something like that, that's really going to activate your mind and maybe um, give you a problem to ruminate on or, you know, something like that. So even yeah, before nice. like my wind down routine, I'm very careful, like what I do in the evening, if possible, obviously life happens and you can't always 
control, you know, um, what happens, but trying to do that. And then starting my routine of, um, like brushing my teeth and washing my face, you know, in a calming environment when I can, and then making sure I have enough time to read a book. So there's something about the reading that really just relaxes my brain. It, it help, allows me to concentrate on something else other than focusing on my day. And then I just, when I'm ready to fall asleep, I just turn off the light and then just sleep. So I do, I don't use a candle. I like that idea. I do use nice. <laughs> like a fairly dim lamp though. That's got like a shade on it. That's pretty, that blocks a lot of the light. So yeah. me personally, that doesn't impact me, but um, again, everyone's individual. So it's really good to play around with it. And um, it can be really helpful to kind of keep track of like what you try each night and how it works. Just a simple chart or a journal on, you know, what time you went to bed, like what your wind down routine went look like you know if you did experiment with some variables like trying a different kind of lamp or light and whether or not that helped and um how well you feel how rested you feel in the morning or tracking it by using like an aura ring or some other device too can be really yeah. eye-opening on how these little pieces work but no I think um mainly what I focus on with my clients as a health coach is helping people develop sustainable habits. And so it can be really starting small. So it, it can be really overwhelming if somebody doesn't really have like a bedtime routine at all, but you know, it's okay to break it down and start small, like try just like a 10 or 15 minute routine at night rather than, you know, doing an hour or something like that too, depending on what, like, how much time you have, you know, people are busy and have kids and have other obligations too. So it's important to keep all that in mind. Definitely. Yeah. I don't have kids right now and I'm definitely, I take advantage of that for sure. <laughs> um, my friends kind of joke with me that I'm a grandma because I start my bedtime routine around like 8 PM okay. and then I'm usually asleep by like nine 30, 10 o'clock ish. Mm -hmm. Uh, but some nights I'm even laying in bed at seven 30. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like the, the process starts really early on. And then usually by the time I'm laying in bed, teeth brush, everything is already done. Yeah. Um, I've definitely noticed because I tend to be just much more of like that go, go, go energy naturally. Mm -hmm. And so if I personally don't have a couple hours to wind down, I'm not going to bed at the decent time that I want to feel mm -hmm. my optimal best for the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome that you've learned that about yourself. You know that and can implement it. So definitely. Yeah. And I'm curious when it comes to, so kind of switching gears, going to a little bit more of like this, uh, stress management. Cause mm -hmm. obviously that plays a huge part in people's sleep quality. Right. And that's something you work with your clients on and your health coaching. What are some of the biggest stress management techniques that you have been beneficial for your clients who do have such demanding careers or demanding lifestyles? Mm -hmm. Well, there's stress management and then there's stress reduction and we need both, right? Because you can't, there's always going to be stress in life. So you do know, you do need to know how to cope with stress, but also if you've got so much stress that you're like, you just don't even know what to do and you're just losing your mind, it's a sign that maybe you need to try to cut back on your stress sources a little bit too. So we kind of use a two-pronged approach when we work together, but some of the best stress management tools, um, again, it just varies on like what the person likes because some people maybe journaling drives them nuts. Whereas other people getting the, their thoughts on their paper on a piece of paper so that they don't have to think about it anymore. And so it's not just like up running through their head can be really helpful, but for the next person, 
journaling can really stress them out and just they absolutely hate it. And so it's really working with them on things that they like. But movement is a really big piece. Getting out and, you know, the, the research shows how effective that can be with even like depression and anxiety as part of the treatment, not that you should, you know, make sure you talk to your doctor, don't go off like your medications or anything like that, but it's, it's really effective. And, um, I know that days that I don't get any movement in, I tend to be uh, like more just anxious on edge, just not as relaxed. So that can be really good. Um, but I think as far as, so as far as stress management, playing around with different tools, like the breathing exercises, you mentioned the box breathing and the four, seven, eight technique, those can be key. Um, just getting out and getting some fresh air can be helpful for people at times too. getting a different environment and nature is just so calming within itself. So if there's some trees that you can go sit by and relax and just close your eyes for a few minutes, sometimes that's helpful for people just to shut everything off, unplug and just be. Um, but as far as, uh, reducing stress, I find with a lot of people that like myself, I mentioned earlier in my life, especially I was having difficulty setting boundaries. And I think that is a really good stress reduction tool for a lot of people learning how to say no, um, and how to set boundaries, especially like with the home and work life balance, uh, you know, learning to maybe not check your emails all evening when you get home or, you know, setting expectations like I will check my my work emails from this time to this time and um, making sure you can communicate that to your colleagues or, you know, people that might need to respond to your emails or might be sending you emails. Mm, yeah. Well, and I'm just imagining because there is a point in my life where even just hearing that and hearing someone say that, I'm like, yeah, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. So someone who is hearing like, holy shit, I am terrified to tell someone, no, I don't want to disappoint my boss. I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, I want the promotion. What are some tips that you can give them to help them start to feel confident with setting boundaries? Mm-hmm. Well, starting small and getting confident in it, I think, like you said, is key. And even practicing like what you're going to say with somebody, like grabbing, you know, your partner that you live with or a friend or somebody and saying like, okay, I really, you know, want to do this to set some boundaries and I'm really like not practice with this and I need to brush up on this before, you know, I actually do it. Um, But I think you can start small and something too, like, um, maybe setting like a boundary with your family, even too, before you go, you know, like I really need this time to myself on Sundays to rejuvenate for the week. And so it would be really helpful if I can have between three and 4 PM on Sundays, just to be by myself, I'm going to shut my door, like really spelling out like what it's going to look like too. Um, not just saying I need my space because that looks different for everyone. So, um, you know, spelling out that I'm going to shut my door. Um, I will come out and, and, um, deal with whatever needs to be dealt with after that time. But during that time, I'm going to go and, um, just have some time to chill and be by myself. So really like letting people know what that looks like. And so for work, it can be difficult because people have different work cultures, but like, I think some people tend to think that their work culture is more like, it's all kind of like an inner dialogue of like, oh, I need to put in this many hours or this is going to happen. I'm not going to get that promotion or that kind of thing. But like starting to push back and ask yourself, is this really true? Like, is this something I'm projecting on myself? 
or is this truth? Like, you know, a lot of times we're just like thinking we have to do these things and, um, but you don't necessarily have to. And I, and finding somebody in the workplace who is good at setting boundaries and maybe having a conversation with them because they know this, they'll have the same like culture as you have in the workplace. And so they'll be in the same situation as you. And so having that conversation about like, where did you start with setting boundaries here? You know, were you able to talk to so-and-so your supervisor and like, how did that go? And, you know, what would you recommend for me starting out? But, um, it's good to just, um, start small, like I said. So maybe like telling your boss, like, I'm really struggling here with my work-life balance. I feel like I need to establish some boundaries here so that I can, um, be more well-rested and more productive in my job. And this is what I am hoping to do and just kind of like run it past them too, if that makes you feel more comfortable rather than just like saying, this is how it's going to be, you know, yeah. a lot of times, especially if you're a hard worker and everything, you know, your boss is going to want to make sure that you're doing well. And it really comes down to productivity too, right? If you're stressed out and you're not sleeping well and you just aren't having a good balance in your life, you're not going to be as productive at work. So a lot of times they're going to want to support that too. So just bringing that to their attention and, you know, maybe coming up with some kind of a compromise can be helpful too. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of the time people think boundaries in a workplace and they're like, it's a hard no. They forget that in workplaces, sometimes there needs to be compromise. So it's like, how can we compromise to fit everyone's needs and the boundaries that we have, whether it's work policies and also your personal life. Like, oh, you're struggling with work-life balance. Great. Let's find a compromise versus coming into and be like, no, it has to be this way or the highway. Right. It'd be really powerful because then you're coming from it in a place of confidence of looking like I want to help both of us. Yes. Versus just like, I'm coming at this from very selfishly. Like I, like I'm so over this, I need to be gone type of energy. Yeah. But also if there's something that I have preached for a long time and to many of my clients as well is that if your workplace isn't going to honor certain boundaries or willing to even find a compromise, mm-hmm. is that really a work environment that's healthy yeah. for you? Mm-hmm. Because if, nobody wants to have these workers that are burnt out and tired because then it's like we got one bad apple and now all of them are going to be rotten and now you got a really crappy work environment and nobody wants to be there. Nothing's getting done. And now the company isn't receiving the quotas that it wants to hit or achieving the goals that they have. And right. then they have to start all over from ground zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a valid point. Again, easier said than done. It's really you know, stressful and difficult to go look for a job, but at some point you have to do what's best for you and, and for your wellness because, you know, stress is significant and it can cause a lot of different health problems that are hard to come back from. And so it's really important to nip it in the bud when you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things of just communicating it early on. And mm-hmm. like you said, like if you're not feeling confident with setting boundaries, you know, practice in the mirror, pra- record yourself, do it with a friend, do it with a partner, do it with someone else. And even a, pra- a boundary that I really started with when I first started setting boundaries, it felt very stressful to me in the very beginning. And that then over time, it just became a very natural thing was saying no to going to hang out with friends mm-hmm. on maybe it was later than I wanted to, or I was just feeling tired, but that FOMO was mm-hmm. coming in. Yep. And so like that FOMO would cause all this stress. My body be like, well, what if they're having a lot of fun? And what if they're mm-hmm. doing this? And what if they're doing that? Mm-hmm. Instead of just understanding of what my body needs are and understanding right. well. Yeah. Yeah, do you for think sure. 
a lot of people, especially when it comes to FOMO or even the limiting beliefs of I'm not going to get that promotion if I don't show up, do you think that can also play a huge part in the stress that's happening in their body, potentially weight gain? Because I know you help your clients with weight loss as Mm -hmm. well and their overall sleep quality. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it all it all intertwines, right? And like you said, you have to learn to prioritize what's truly important to you, like know what your values are and that kind of thing and ask yourself so what? So what if my friends if I leave early and my friends are having fun? Didn't I have fun up until that point? Like yeah. And there'll be other opportunities. It's not like just because you leave early, you're never going to have fun again. You're never going to have fun with those friends mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it's the same thing with the um, FOMO for the workplace. Like you said, worried that you're not going to get a promotion. Well, are you sure about that? Like, you know, a lot of times, like I said, we're just projecting like what we think and we're letting our last thought be our, or our first thought be our final thought rather than like really thinking it through and thinking, oh, well, my last review was really good and I'm not working from 7 a.m. to midnight every day or, you know, like look for other pieces of information that tell you otherwise, because oftentimes our first thought isn't shouldn't be your last thought because it's not accurate. It's, you know, take some time to really think that through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, limiting beliefs, um, they're always going to be around mm-hmm. no matter how much you heal your mindset, your mental health, your body, limiting beliefs are just going to always be a thing and understanding yeah. that it's limiting. Mm-hmm. It's trying to hold you back because yeah. it's what feels comfortable. That's Especially true. when it comes to the health and wellness journey, it's really easy to fall into, well, what if this person's going to look at me weird at the gym? What if this person thinks I'm weird because I'm eating this food or wanting to wake up earlier and work out when I used to party until 4 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all these different factors, too, that can come in when it comes to in this health and wellness journey. And I'm curious with your clients, what tends to be the most common limiting belief that comes up in their journey. Definitely the all or nothing approach. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There it is. (laughs) That used to be me. (laughs) Yeah. See that one a lot. Like I know sometimes people think like exercise, they equate it with, oh my gosh, I have to like push myself to the extreme. If I'm not running, it doesn't count as exercise. If I'm not doing like insanity classes, it doesn't count as exercise. Whereas, and then sometimes they don't do anything because they don't have the motivation to do that. They don't want to do it. It doesn't feel good to them. So they end up putting it off and instead sitting on the couch and doing nothing. Whereas, you know, um, we work on encouraging them, like, what exercise would you do if you felt like it counted like running? And then, you know, maybe they'll say walking or dancing or something like that. And then just really looking like, wow, there's, there's benefits with these things though. Like what would happen if you started doing these things? Like what benefits would you see and having them track that and just realize like, okay, I don't have to be a runner for exercise to count. I don't have to, you know, do all these things. I like am not a runner. Running is not my thing. No, (laughs) me neither. Occasionally I'll get like an urge to do it just like, especially when I'm really stressed out, but Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have to do that. And the same thing with like eating and just everything you don't have to, you know, I mean, moderation is key, especially with eating. I find like, it's really hard to be hundred percent on and eating, you know, whole foods a hundred percent of the time and, and never eating out, never having a piece of birthday cake or, you know, anything yeah. like that. So 
those are the big ones that I see. Yeah, I uh, I definitely used to struggle with that all or nothing mentality for years. And it's like you fall into this yo-yo energy with this all or nothing mentality. It's like you do really well mm-hmm. and then you fall off the track and then you stay off the track because you're like, well, I didn't do anything. So I'm just going to go and eat everything that's bad. Yeah. And that just leaves you feeling depleted. It feels you leaves you feeling frustrated, leaves you like, mm-hmm. what the heck is going on? I was just yeah. at this goal that I wanted to achieve. And now I've completely backtracked mm-hmm. and that can be really discouraging for so many people. And I'm with you. I mean, we're here having a human experience, mm-hmm. eat the damn cake. Like it's mm-hmm. a piece of cake every now and then is not going to hurt you. Having that yeah. night out with friends is not going to hurt you every now and mm-hmm. then it's really kind of falling back into like that 80, 20 lifestyle or Mm -hmm. 90, 10 or 70, 30, like whatever is best for that person. And just being intentional when you eat the cake or you stay up late, or you're doing something that you wouldn't normally do. That's not necessarily quote unquote healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, having the intention behind it of like, no, I'm allowing myself to enjoy this right now. So you don't have that guilt around it. Right. And not beating yourself up and saying, oh, I need to go and spend this amount of time on the treadmill in order to burn off the amount of calories in this cake. And no, I remember this is years ago, but I remember on social media, I saw this one post and it said the foods, it was like candy or like a bag of chips, something like that. And how many of whatever exercise, whether it's running burpees, push-ups, whatever it is, jumping jacks, you had to do to burn off that one food. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that is so toxic. Mm -hmm. You you can still enjoy the food without feeling the need to go and just run it off or burn it off. Just, you know, do your normal workouts, have the treat every now and then, and you're still going to see results. You don't Mm -hmm. earn it just by being human and allowing yourself to experience life if that's what you are choosing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes it seem like exercise is a punishment rather than like an enjoyable activity. And so, yeah, that is really toxic. Yeah. Cause I think working out can be, I personally love working out, but it's just always been something that I've done. Um, ever since I was younger, I did competitive sports growing up and everything. And I think when you can look at it as a fun hobby Mm -hmm. as a sense or an interest, it, becomes a lot more fun. And something that I've noticed that helped me also staying consistent in the gym is every now and then I'll do like little challenges with myself. If I'm like going out of town, um, and like a couple months, I'll like do like little mini challenges and also finding a gym or community that I really enjoy going to. So it feels like I'm just surrounded by a bunch of friends. If more of like the class style is for you, or if you are working out solo and you just go to a gym and you typically go at the same time, Mm -hmm. you're bound to run into the same people every single day if you're going at the same time. And then it starts to feel like almost like your little family. Right. Yeah. That social support piece is so big. And I think a lot of times people underestimate that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And also in regards of weight loss, because I know uh, we've mentioned how you help, you've helped people lose, you know, 10 pounds, and I'm sure you've helped them lose more and help them lose less, like whatever their goals are. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm really curious is oftentimes it's really hard for busy uh, careers or professionals, really demanding careers. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, and like I mentioned, when I worked in corporate, I was working really long days. Like I'd have to get into the office at 
you know, 6.30 in the morning, I was there until probably like 6.30, 7pm at night. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very easy excuse to say I don't have time to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious for someone who maybe not as crazy as a schedule, but they got a very demanding career, or maybe they're a mom, or they have a family or whatever it might be. What is some advice that you would have for them or some tips to help them start to prioritize their health? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that time, that time factor is really big. And you do hear that a lot. And a lot of people are truly busy. So a lot of times it's finding ways to combine a couple of different things and to make time really effective. And so, for example, like, um, you don't have to do like a continuous workout to have movement benefit your health. And so just finding like times during the day, Um, I recently did a post on the difference between I have 10 minutes and I only have 10 minutes. There's just one little simple change in that word, but throwing in only makes your mindset think, okay, I can't even do anything with this 10 minutes where you think I have 10 minutes. What can I do? It can be, you know, taking a short walk. It could be just doing, um, some body weight exercises. It could be prepping some vegetables or some fruit, cutting it up for your dinner or whatever it is, or taking a few moments to relax and do some yoga poses, whatever it might be. You can really, if you really think of that mindset, like, I have five, 10 minute chunks of time. How can I make the most of that? I think that mindset really changes things and can make your um, day a little bit more productive as far as fitting in some wellness opportunities. Another thing that's helpful is to combine things with like other things that you value. So if you have kids, finding ways that you can get that exercise in that involve your kids, you know, being active with them instead of playing board games, finding different like activities like taking them to the park. And then, you know, maybe there's some kind of activity you can also do there going on walks and bike rides with them. And, or um, like for meal prep, a kind of a fun one is if on weekends you do meal prep, getting together with a friend and doing that together. So if you really are somebody who values that social interaction, combining the two can really save some time. You can have fun with it. And maybe even swap, maybe, you know, they're making one healthy meal and you take part of that for the week and then they take part of yours or something oh, like such that. a good idea. So there's a lot of different ways. It just depends on like what you want to do, what your goals are and, and what your values are. Yeah. I love that you bring in the values because I think when you are prioritizing things and you really value something, you make time for it. Yeah. And that was kind of something that I had to get back to the mindset. This is kind of like pre, this is like, yeah, I guess pre-yo-yo or like during the yo-yo kind of phase when I went to corporate, I made every excuse. Like I just, I don't have time. I'm exhausted. I only have 10 minutes, whatever that limiting mindset was. And I got so fed up with how I was feeling all the time that I was like, okay, no, I value feeling really well. And I value my mental health. And not having that dark cloud that's following every, me everywhere. So what do I need to do? And I started prioritizing waking up earlier. I'd wake up at 4.30 in the morning, go to a 5 a.m. gym class. Mm-hmm. And it was a 45-minute gym class. So it's not like it was even a long one. But it was enough to get the day going, to make me feel good, to make it feel like I was a part of a community outside of just working every day. And ultimately, help. not only did I start to see back to the fitness goals that I wanted to achieve, but my mental health drastically improved. 
I was way less stressed out. Like naturally my body was less stressed. Something happened. I'd be like, Oh, no worries. Like we can totally figure it out. And my sleep was just chef's kiss. When I started getting back into that, it was so nice. (laughs) Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for someone who struggles to make, maybe it's creating the healthy habits that they're wanting, Mm -hmm. whether it's, getting to do 10 minutes a day or going out to the park with their kids, how can they start to prioritize themselves and their health, knowing Mm -hmm. that it's one, they're gonna be able to show up better for themselves, but they'll also get to be a better parent or a better coworker or just enjoy life more. Yeah. One of the things I do with my clients is help them develop a vision statement. So really, really deep diving into their why. And I know that sounds kind of silly and kind of cliche, but it is really all that is my jam right there. That is. Yeah. So we usually, and they can do it, you know, they can do it like a written vision statement. They can collect like pictures from magazines or things that inspire them, but really thinking about short-term and long-term, like long-term, what do I want my life to be like when I retire? Do I want to have enough energy and be physically fit to retire? Do I want to be able to play with my grandkids? Maybe I don't want to spend as much, you know, I want to cut down on the risk of having chronic diseases. So I don't have to spend as much time at the doctor's office or as much money on medical care. In short term, it can be, you know, I want more energy. I want to feel better. I want to um, go to the doctor the next time I go and have my blood pressure be lower or my cholesterol or whatever it might be. So there's a lot of different questions that I can ask. And I'm sure you use that approach as well. They really get people thinking. And there's a lot of aha moments like, oh, wow, I never really thought about, you know, the ramifications on this part of my life. And, um, And I also think that once people get rolling with their healthy habits, they start to feel better and they start to get confident. And it really impacts other parts of their life, not just physical health, but just like their confidence in their job and maybe going after that promotion or getting out there and trying something new, like a new activity or something. It's just, it's amazing how it snowballs and really changes people's lives. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I love that you do that why statement. I think that is one of the most important things anyone can do with anything and also determining like, who are you doing it for? Yeah. Um, I actually did a whole podcast episode, like, who are you doing it for? Because I realized that a lot of the time when I was getting back into health and fitness or wellness, it wasn't always for me, just mm-hmm. why I would kind of fall off into the yo-yo. And was it really in that all or nothing mindset? It was always to make someone else happy, to impress someone else or something like that. And so when you can connect to who you're doing it for and when you realize like, oh, I actually want to feel amazing for myself and connecting to like that self-love behind it and what each habit and action step is going to do for you, I think that also makes it easier to show up because you're like, I don't care what Sally Sue down the street thinks. I don't care what that person thinks. I'm doing this for me. And you just feel that one already starts that confidence like you mentioned and you just feel more confident in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't have to be all or nothing either. I love how, you you know, prioritizing doing it for yourself first, but also right. like for some people, especially, you know, parents thinking, oh, I'm going to be a positive role model for my child and, you know, help them see what I'm doing and help them live a healthier life too. So that can be powerful, but yeah, I like Definitely. starting yourself, yourself and your own um, thoughts there first. Yeah. I think that is probably one of the best parts and most exciting parts about becoming a parent mm-hmm. is that everything kind of changes 
and you start doing things for a bigger purpose other than just yourself. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite things about uh, the thought of becoming a mother someday mm -hmm. is your purpose just changes. Probably a lot of my thoughts and beliefs that I even have right now will completely change. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool about, mm -hmm. you know, if someone decides to become a parent, that's, that's what can happen. Yeah. Beautiful. And just, you know, other people around you too. Like maybe it's your partner or um, some another family member too. Like people see you doing things and it's like, oh, she can do it. Maybe I can do this too. And again, not that that should be your main goal, but right. it's icing on the cake for sure to help people that you love also transform. Right. Yeah. Cause you can't for, that's something that, you know, I tell them all the time because I've had clients like, how can I make my partner? How can I mm -hmm. make my mom like understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and why they should do. And it's like, you, you don't, mm -hmm. you showing up and just doing it for yourself to feel better is then going to trickle down to them. And they're going to see how amazing you're feeling and how you're doing and the progress you're making. And that's going to inspire them. By yep. you just showing up for yourself. You never know who you're inspiring that is just lurking in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So true. <laughs> well, Shannon, what, do you have any final thoughts for our guests? Any final little tidbits that you're like, they have to know this? Oh. Or pieces um, of advice that you might have? Yeah. I think... Um, you know, mainly when we're starting, I mentioned starting small with habits and that kind of thing. But um, I just I love the psychology behind building habits. And I, I love um, the the habit stacking. Um, That's my favorite strategy <laughs> and starting small and that kind of thing. But just like realizing that habits take a long time to build and it takes just as long to get rid of old habits, too. So just giving yourself grace and at the beginning, you just might have to be really super strategic and provide yourself with visual reminders. And, um, you know, if you fall off course and you don't do something one day, that's OK. Like do it the next day and, you know, be as consi consistent as you can be. And eventually it'll become a habit because I see people that will, you know, fall off the horse, so to speak, one day, and then they'll just give up like, oh, I'm not cut out for this. This is not going to work and that kind of thing. But like everyone falls off the horse every once in a while. Like I have solid habits and there's days that, you know, I don't feel like exercising. And so maybe I'll take a break and won't do it. And that's completely fine too. And so, um, like I said, giving yourself grace, um, realizing that it's going to take some time and, and making it easier on yourself, providing yourself with reminders and thinking about, um, how you can um, make the habit easier, whether it's um, making sure that you go to bed with your workout clothes on in the, in the evening. So it makes it easier to get up in the morning and do one less thing before you work out. So just like thinking ahead on how you can make things easier on yourself can be really helpful too. Oh, I that's a beautiful piece of advice, especially just giving yourself some compassion in the journey. Mm -hmm. And if you fall off, okay, just get right back on the horse. will keep riding. Right. Um, and I, I love the you saying sleep in your workout clothes. I used to have to do that years ago. I was like, I'm just going to sleep in my workout clothes and it's just going to make it easier. Now I lay out my workout clothes the night before. So mm -hmm. when I wake up, I don't have to think about it. I just wrap it and get changed and mm -hmm. get going. I think that and the habit stacking, I think those are such good pieces of advice. Habit stacking is probably one of my favorite things because you start off with one thing and you get really good with that and you get consistent with it. And then you're like, all right, now we can add another one on. 
Um, yeah. and just doing the multiple things at essentially kind of the same time or just like back to back. And they're typically pretty quick things. They don't take, like, I'm not a long morning routine habit kind of girl. I'm yeah. pretty quick to the point. I don't like when things are really long and drawn out in that way. Um, mm-hmm. then it just kind of gets boring and dull for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so finding, yeah. What are the yeah. habit stacking techniques that are going to be beneficial for the person? And mm-hmm. also what's going to excite them? Like, Ooh, I'm just so excited. I get to do this because of mm-hmm. this. Right. I think that's a really good piece of advice. It's true too. Yeah. yeah. I think it just makes you more efficient with your time. Absolutely. That is. Yeah. I mean that, that if there's anything, my, my friend jokes around, she's like, you're just so disciplined. I don't know how you're so disciplined, but I'm like, I'm not disciplined. I just don't like being inconvenienced. And if yeah. I cannot inconvenience myself, then I'm going to do that. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's discipline, then so be it. But for me, yeah. it's just, I, yeah, I don't like the inconvenience of things with, with my time. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's mostly why I do that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, well, Shannon, thank you so much for being here with us. Pimp yourself out. Where can people find you? What are the offers that you have for them? Let them know. Yeah. So you can find me. And I think you said you'll include my information in the show notes. Yes, I'm going to link everything below in the show notes to make it super easy for them to find. So yeah, you'll find my social media links then. And I generally post tips on um, how to get your energy back. So anything from sleep to stress management to weight loss. I regularly post tips and that kind of thing on my social media posts. You can also go to my website, which is www.eehealthcoaching.com. And on there, you can find a place to sign up for my quarterly newsletters, as well as special events and deals and that kind of thing. And then um, also, if you are wondering what health coaching has to offer, and you're wondering if you you have questions about it or how I might be able to help you, I do offer free consults too. So those are generally half an hour on a phone call or Zoom, and we can talk about your goals, past obstacles, and um, generally you'll walk away with a couple of tidbits that are personalized that you can put into place right away. So I like to make sure that it's valuable to you. And then if you decide that you want to explore working together, we can do that too, but completely no pressure. So again, on my, the homepage of my website, www.eehealthcoaching.com, there's a link to sign up for that newsletter and a link to book a consult if that's something you are also interested in. Beautiful. Yeah, definitely make sure that you take advantage of Shannon's offers. She just gave us so much value today. We're so grateful that she was able to join us. So if you're struggling with sleep, you're struggling stress management, and you're wanting to maybe get into healthier habits, definitely make sure to check out Shannon's website and her Instagram and book that free consultation call. As I mentioned, I have everything linked below for you. And Shannon, once again, thank you so much for joining us today on Biohacking Her Way. Thank you so much. Awesome. Bye, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with someone you know, someone you love, hell, maybe even share it to your Instagram story. And make sure to tag me at Embodied with Abby so I can give you a huge thank you. And make sure to head over to Shannon's social media platforms and show her some love on giving her expert insights on sleep, stress management, and creating habits. I also have a special free little offer for you. I have my free masterclass below for you. It is Road to Healthy Hormones. So if you are so sick and tired of those regular painful periods, having those nasty breakouts or other skin issues, feeling bloated, inflamed, or just having this unknown weight gain on where it came from, 
or any of those other hormonal imbalance issues, make sure to check out that free masterclass that I have linked below for you. It is so much goodness of an all my secrets linked into this one video and it's under 45 minutes. So it won't take you a lot of time to watch either. And I have a special little surprise for you in there. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. I'll see you next time.